Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. This week's podcast episode is a little bit different than my usual. Most of the subjects I cover and the experts that I interview talk about various types of marketing. My interview this week with Dominic Frazier is also about attracting clients, but not necessarily limited to B2B this time. So this is of particular interest to freelancers and other copywriters, as well as B2B marketers. So just to give you a little background about Dominique, she is she helps six to seven figure entrepreneurs build a powerful offer and attract a steady supply of clients willing to pay five or six figures to work with them. She's a pioneer in the digital economy and began her work in 2010. So she's not only an entrepreneur, but she's an author, speaker, and an investor. So she has over 80,000 followers and showcases all of her strategies on social media um, and shows people how to increase their influence by encouraging successful entrepreneurs to grow their businesses faster by adding an ultra premium package. So in my interview with Dominique today, she talks about the most common challenges or misconceptions surrounding attracting high-value clients. She also tells how to determine your true value and to maximize your pricing potential and some strategies and tips that go along with all that. It's a huge topic, super interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive right in. Okay, welcome, Dominique, and thank you so much for taking time to speak to me today. I really appreciate it. Um, before we get into the gist of our discussion today, I wanted to ask you about, you have a unique background. And can you talk a little bit about that? Like some of the things that you did that were, that kind of brought you to where you are maybe too? Yes, actually, I, I started as a graphic designer and slowly through the years, I experimented a lot of different style of work. I work in the video games industry. I worked also in the traditional animation industry. For an example, I I worked on one of the mini wheat commercial. I, I don't know if you remember, like they were all animated. Yeah. So the ones that you know it was replicating like the Matrix. So the ones that mini wheat is doing like boom and the waves. I <laughs> animated that. And <laughs> this specific section. <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. I watch, uh, I looked on YouTube to see if it was there, but they didn't, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't find it. it wasn't there. And then in 2008, I decided because a photographer told me that with everything that I'd done in my life, like working in video games, working in, uh, in animation and as a graphic designer, and then also a high-end illustrator, because at that time I was doing like super realistic illustration that would take me 70, 100 hours to create. Wow. And he decided to like take me under his wings and show me how to do photo retouching. And at that time, there was a lack of very good photo retouchers, uh, and especially in the French speaking market in Canada. And this is where I started my first company in 2008, Photo Retouching Studio. That brought me a few years later in 2010 to create a course to 
train photo retouchers because there was no course available out there. Mm-hmm. And this is when I started selling my knowledge online. Oh, so okay. my first program was a $7,500 eight-month program for uh, graphic designers and photographers who wanted to improve their Photoshop skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, to my great surprise, the first month I started selling that program, we hit the six figure right away uh, with 15 clients from the wow. start. Well, there's a huge demand for that. And I don't think it's as easy as people think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever I'm watching something and or I'm looking at something on TikTok where someone's done, you know, like videos where it looks like it's nearly impossible and people in the comments are like, oh, it's it's Photoshop or it's, you know. It, it and they start blaming it on these things that I think the technology they're talking about are not things that most people would know how to do. I don't know, maybe Photoshop. I, I tried get using Photoshop myself. I couldn't teach myself how to do it. It's true that there is a lot of filters now that back in 2010 was not existing. And anyway, in 2010, it was the beginning also that people were didn't want like a highly retouched skin or on the models. They wanted something a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. But even at, we were aiming for people to say, oh, there's no retouching there. So when someone says, ah, that's photoshopped, that's retouched, it means that you kind of did a very bad job. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if <laughs> it's that when you see, Yeah. Yeah, it's obvious. It's all blurry. And anyway, good good retouchers are not working like that. But when you think that it's like Kate Blanchett and she, wow, she looks like her age and we can see her pores and everything. And she seemed just, wow, perfect. But at the same time, retouched, but not not retouched. Yeah. Now you get like a good retoucher who did the work. And it seems easy. It seems untouched. But usually there will be maybe four, six hours of work wow. on those pictures. Yeah. So it is not easy. Yeah. Cause I, I, I see things sometimes online. Well, you have, you have the ones that people always make fun of, like, you know, look at this one's arm or there's a wavy, you know, how come her arm bends that way? Cause you can tell that they've just done something incorrectly or just too much. Or I remember a picture. I was laughing a picture of Jessica Simpson and she had like a man hand on her shoulder. So they removed the guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they forgot the hand. The hand was a little bit hidden. Like in the the, uh-huh. the hair is like that. And this is something that could happen in the production sometimes. So this is why, because sometimes we were magic, managing hundreds of images per weeks and uh, with the entire team and everything. And it was super important to already always have someone just looking at some, like uh, a final look at every pictures to make yeah. sure that we were, were not forgetting stuff like that. Maybe not hands, but sometimes clips for, for garments oh. and um, <laughs> tickets. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, there's got to be somebody yeah. to kind of double check everyone, right? Well, you had said that your course now that you had was, do you still have it? Is that one of the courses that you have now or was this? No, unfortunately, I'm not selling it anymore because it was a course that didn't age very well because we had to use a very specific software that was Photoshop at the time. And it was like a version of Photoshop. So I recorded most of the courses in 2010, 2011. So Mm -hmm. now when you are opening the courses, like, okay, it seems very old. Okay. Even if the technique didn't really change that much, 
If I would like to resell this course, I would need to record it again in the new version of a Photoshop, unfortunately. Yeah, technology just changes so fast now. It's like Yeah, exactly. It's like everybody right now creating like AI courses. Yeah, I know. I know. It was out for a month and everyone had a course and how to do it. It's like it's only Yeah, exactly. But it will have to change it like in two months. So I know. I mean, that's why I see these books on like chat GPT. It's like, how did you have a book? It's probably written by chat GPT, right? And now that it's like, it's already outdated because everything's changed. But I was going to ask, because you said that your program was $7,500. So that's considered, I consider that a high ticket item. I mean, how, Mm -hmm. what are like the challenges as an entrepreneur? Or I don't know if there's a way, like how, even for B2B marketers. So if you want to attract higher value clients? I mean, what are the biggest challenges? Uh, This is very interesting because if we're going back to my my career as a photo retoucher, I was at that time, you know, charging maybe 150 per hour for photo retouching, right? So we were serving B2B, it was B2B because it was all advertising agencies, uh, big brands, magazines, stuff like that. And this was very hard for me to create like a 7,500 course and sell this to this kind of uh, clients. I remember a lot of big clients here in Canada, they reach out to me like the, the CN uh, national, uh, you know, the train. I had also a, a few, you know, big companies reach out to me. And when I was telling them that it was $7,500 per person to take my course, they were like, no, <laughs> you know, we'll not hire you for our team because it would cost too much. Mm-hmm. So those big companies, often they have budget and also the person that's taking the, the decision to hire you, they have to agree, have the board agree on the expense, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where I started my online courses. I was not training. It was not a, tra- a training for B2B. It was more like, yeah, it was B2B because it was like self-employed people, like graphic designers and photographers. So that would actually take their own, uh, you know, savings right, right. <laughs> to uh, invest in a course. And to be honest with you, I was absolutely, I was sure it would never, you know, sell at that kind of price. I was so sure because I was thinking I'm not willing to have people pay less than this amount just because if I'm giving away, you know, all my knowledge as a photographer, I want people to pay at least an amount I feel comfortable with. You know, I feel that it's a win-win. But at the same time, I was thinking, yeah, but those people are artists. They are commercial artists. And I know that they're not making necessarily a lot of money. And to my great surprise, people are willing to pay when is to acquire something like knowledge or something that will bring them more result in their actual business. They are willing to pay. Why? Because they don't see it just as an expense. They see it as an investment. Right. And this is true that for a lot of my clients, the moment they, after the eight months, they were not just photo retoucher, they were high level photo retoucher. They could apply in, in different studios or just reach out for high-end cosmetic mm-hmm. or pharmaceutical projects, stuff like that without any problem. Mm-hmm. So they were able to increase their pricing because of my course. So inside right. of a few months, they were reimbursing themselves. Yeah. So I think you have to keep in mind when you're creating a course, 
what will be, you know, the end game for your clients? You know, yeah. what is, first of all, their investment they will have to make with you? What is the result they will get? And because of that result, they will be maybe able to reimburse themselves on a certain way. So they can't just look at the dollar price of something. Because I've done that. I've taken courses over many years and some were worth it and some were not. And some were very high ticket. One of the ones I, I took um, was $12,000 for, it was a year long course, but it was, in my opinion, a waste. I've taken other ones that were $2,000 that I got a ton of value out of. So, you know, it really, it depends, you know, on, on your goals and, and that kind of thing. But how do you, like, how do you get across the value to something to say clients, say I have, you know, my copywriting business. And the first thing people want to know is how much do you charge? Instead of like what I want them to look at is what the value is going to be when their copy is on target, their messaging is honed in on their audience and it's going to convert better, but it's hard to get them to see that. Like, do you have tips on, you know, how do you get your client or prospective client to see that long-term value? Yeah, absolutely. Because the best, best way to actually increase your pricing is to get out of this uh, hourly rate discussion. Like how much do you charge, you know, Linda? And and they will only, people will only, they're looking for a price right now. So they will only look at your price versus the other guy or woman price right. and compare, but they don't even know what speed you're going and they don't even know if you're, you're what you will create, it will be better. So we'll perform what better. So we have to remove people from this focus on the price, the first thing. Mm-hmm. And this is why when people are coming to you, the first thing you need to do is ask questions. Okay, yeah, sure, you want a price. I will give you a price at the end of my conversation. But what exactly are you aiming for? You know, what do you want as a result? What is your actual problem? Do you have only a problem that you just need a, a writer? That's it? Right. Or, or do you need more leads? Do you need more clients, more income in your business? What do you need exactly? Mm-hmm. And from there, you can offer something a lot more different. You know, I paid 6000 per month for a copywriter. 6000 per month. This person was taking care of everything that I'm in my business. He was taking care of my daily email that we were sending. He was also converting those emails into posts so and transferring them into my marketing team. Mm-hmm. And it was also creating funnels, making sure that to improve the funnel, he was the one uh, talking to the ad the specialist. I was I didn't need to do anything. Like my ads was, were, were rolling. They were creating new ads without necessarily needing me. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to pay 6K per month just for peace of mind. Right. And having professional get, uh, you know, the best of <laughs> my followers. Yeah, I have a friend who does ads, paid ads, and I know mm-hmm. he told me once that one of his clients pays him seven thousand a month, and but he does all the analytics for all of the ads. But I would imagine, I mean, you really need to prove yourself because one of the things I was going to say is that you have to have that social proof before someone's going to hire you. They need to know that you've got a track record. Otherwise, yes, yes, and no. 
<laughs> what I love to to tell my clients because a lot of clients some sometimes they comes to me and this is a new offer they will offer and they're like I don't have testimonials I don't have social proof I have like nothing mm-hmm. yeah but you have a lot of experience for an example you were featured in very like renowned papers and and publications mm-hmm. this worth something like for an example when I was still an employee you know back. <laughs> few years ago, I was working on a game, a video game project for Disney Online. And the director of Disney Online said once during a meeting with the, all the representative that Dominic Fraser never missed to exceed our expectation. He said that. I was not there, but one of my friends was one of the representatives and she told me that the guy said that. And I still have this quote on my website. Why? Because it's Disney online, you know? Right, right, exactly. So uh, if you already have a certain experience, you already have success stories. Maybe not exactly related to this new venture you created or this new offer that you just created, but you can already prove that you're professional, you're efficient, you created a result in the past Mm -hmm. and people can trust you. So it's all about how you can present those, you know, facts and to a new audience. Right. And also a lot of people will, this is something that when my clients, they feel uneasy, like they still feel that uh, they have to prove themselves, prove something. It's like, okay, so just, just start this new offer half of the price, get your five, your, your first five lucky clients that will get you for half of the price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and, and then create those success stories with them. And then now in a few weeks, two, three weeks from now, you have what it takes to then increase your client base. So it's like selling the program before you actually create it kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? I always done that in my life. Uh Always. Maybe only like the first, like when I started in 2008, my first first company, my studio, oh, it took me like months, months to create a plan, a business plan. And I, I was I was so scared to sell. Yeah. <laughs> so it took uh, maybe eight months to create that perfect business plan. And then I realized that, okay, so what? You know, I need to sell now. And from that moment on, I always started selling before creating anything. Yeah. Like for an example, when I created uh, my course about photo retouching, it was the in December 2010. And because I was not sure if people would buy, I didn't want to record eight months of content, you know, in advance. So what I did, I just created like a landing page and I was asking people to send me their portfolio and fill a little form mm-hmm. if they were interested. So I just took the time to create the curriculum and then create a little landing page. And then I was able to just sell with that. And just last year, uh, we restarted like a a branch of my agency to create reels. And I didn't want again to to spend money on a website or stuff like that. So I was thinking, let's just see if people could be interested in that kind of offer. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I, I looked into, you know, my own network, my actual network. I identify like 10 people that could be maybe interested to, on creating reels, uh, Alex or Rosie style and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, when I reached out to them, I, I didn't have a team 
to do the job. I didn't have nothing. I was just reaching out to see if there was an interest and if the price was good and if we were having an offer that was sellable. And I signed three people the first week and I just told them, no problem, uh, we'll start the process in two, three weeks from now. So we took another appointment for brainstorming about what they would be recording. It took, it gave us time to hire the people we needed. <laughs> right. We started this new service. So this is something that I kept doing in my, every time I have something new, I always look, uh, I love to have the proof of concept first. Right. See if it sells. And if someone is like telling you, Oh, that's super interesting. Can you send me something? You know, do you have a website or a page? You said, no problem. You know, before tomorrow morning, I'll send you an email. And then you write it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that because a lot of times people do, most times people do the opposite. They create a course. Yeah. They go through all this trouble and they put it out there and no one buys it. And they're like, well, what did I do? Yeah. You spent all this money and. Yeah, years and, and, and they years. pass a lot of times choosing the name, creating a right. logo, and right. choosing the font, and <laughs> and I'm like, no, no logo, no logo, no name, just sell. Right. Anyway, if if your offer is right, people will be interested. They will ask for more. They will ask for a little something. And you can. I'm selling sometimes big product only by email. Mm-hmm. Just by sending a little email that I created a, tra- a template, and then I'm just sending this template to everybody. People yeah. don't care. You don't have a website. And they a lot don't of time, need it. People, if you run something by people, because I've learned this over the years, and they just say, "Oh, that that's a good idea. I'm sure it'll sell." That means they're not going to buy it, but they think that you can sell it. Like they're they're telling you already that they're not your customer because that. Because that gets misinterpreted. And I've learned this with all these coaching classes I took. That gets misinterpreted as, oh, it's going to sell. No, that person just said, oh, I think you can sell it. But they're not your audience. So that's still not a yes. That's a sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it's always preferable not to ask advice from people that are not your ideal clients or are, are not neither, you know, like a business coach. <laughs> yeah. Like your mom, sister, neighbor, don't ask them you know what they think they will always like give you like weird advice and that not necessarily are good yeah it's like i'm quite sure that if i'm asking people around right now what what we should do like people who don't know about online marketing they will say oh yeah you need to write blogs (laughs) they you're still on old conceptions of what someone should do to attract clients and the thing is, too, you always hear, especially you know, on LinkedIn and on social media platforms, people say, oh, I made you know so much money over. And it's an outlandish amount of money in a short amount of time. And a lot of times you don't know the backstory. Like they could have had ties to a celebrity because that's happened. I've seen that before. And so, yeah, of course, you're going to be able to sell that. But if someone said to you, and this was actually a challenge presented to me, not quite this way, but it's similarly, but OK, I need a blueprint for someone who has to make $100,000 in the next 60 days. Is that even possible? In the next 60 days, yeah, absolutely. But, okay, if we're looking at, uh, like, um, for an example, right now we are helping clients do, to do that. But, but there's uh, <laughs> something important here. The clients that will create that kind of result, for an example, for us, you will help them, you know, create a 25K offer and everything. But if we really want them to reach like 
thousand dollar in in just a few weeks, they need to have at least a list of buyers, like a list of old clients, a list of maybe a, a, a paid group, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this is something that is very important. That when we are looking for help, you know, or we're looking for advice, we have to look at who is the best target for this course or coaching program. And I think one of the best tricks that you can also have to identify if this program is for you or not is when the program is too wide, like they will help you create the offer and the funnel and how to have ads and also how to scale your business and and hire people and do this, 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 this. This is when it's too much. Yeah. So you will be maybe a lot of information, but it will be diluted. You know, it will be like a, a little bit of information about each subject. Right. It's better to to buy something like, okay, I want to, I don't know, create a new offer as a service provider. Okay. Mm-hmm. So take a coach specialist, specialize in offer creation. You know, keep it simple. This is something that I saw so many people do. They increase their pricing and they think they need to teach everything at once. But it's it's always better if you niche your content too. You niche who you're targeting and you niche your content too. Mm-hmm. So because I, I could tell someone like how to hire a sales team, but this is not my specialty. My specialty is offers. Right, right. So it's better just to keep offers. And when people need to hire, maybe I can find somebody who is a specialist in team building and I can JB with them, Japan Venture, send mm-hmm. them my clients and getting, you know, like a percentage of those on the sell instead. And you talked about a list. And that's something that, you know, you hear about, especially because people are on LinkedIn, they're on social media. And those sites sometimes can just, change their algorithm. You don't really own, you don't own the the followers mm-hmm. that you have. So is there a certain amount of people that you think you need to have? And do you have suggestions, like how many people on your list? And do you have suggestions on how to find them or how to, how to grow? I mean, that's a huge question, how to grow your list. I know, but maybe just how many <laughs> to start? And then <laughs> like, do you have tips? On, on There's several ways, several ways to build this. I'm sure every uh, listener here knows already a lot of them. And, but it comes back to who are you targeting mm-hmm. and who those people are eating. You know, <laughs> like for an example, I'm targeting people over in the multiple six figure, they are stuck on in between six, seven figures, and they have been dreaming of reaching the seven figures for so long, but they're kind of stuck there. Those are my ideal clients. They are over six figures, not under, okay? What are are they doing, those people? Like, usually they're super busy entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Uh, They already bought a bunch of online courses, but they're just tired of this because the last courses they, they bought, it just took like uh, some dust and they didn't even look at it. Mm-hmm. And and also those people, uh, they will maybe l- listen to podcasts. They're, they're, cr- they're trying also to be in good health and stuff like that. So I need to find what will appeal most to those people, okay? So what is important is to know exactly what they will be consuming, you know, the content, the type of content they will be consuming. So are they on LinkedIn? Are they on uh, 
on uh, on Facebook. Do you want me to remove it? No, it's okay. I have a black cat too. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is a Zoro. <laughs> so Zoro. <laughs> How cute. And um, and what I realize is my the, my ideal clients, they will listen to podcasts. They will possibly search in YouTube, but they will be very, very addict to reels, you know, like, like short videos because it's fast, okay. it's uh, not time consuming. In 10 minutes, you can learn a lot and watch a lot of them, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And um, so this is why that to attract people, the best way for me is to make sure to create podcasts, be featured on other people's podcasts too. And always have a call to action at the end. So bring people to me. And also sticking with uh, Reels, what's working right now very, very well, is not only a Reels with a call to action at the end, is really, it's when you are asking a question and if people want to know more or maybe have access to something, you have them drop a comment under the Reels. Okay. So this is something that is very, very useful right now. Like for an example, right now you're using uh, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. with carousel and stuff like that. So what is could be great is with carousel, often we see people like share the carousel or comment under it. But what you can do too is you're teaching something during the carousel and at the end, like, do you want more? Mm-hmm. Like for an example, here are a few tricks how you can use ChatGPT to work faster. But mm-hmm. would you like to download my exact prompt? Right. Then drop a yes under this post. Okay. And those people people are inbound leads. And it's better to aim for a smaller list of inbound leads. Inbound leads means they actually, they have been following you for a while, maybe. They took the time to read your entire, you know, carousel because they went to the end and they saw that they could have more if they commented under. Mm -hmm. And those people are the best because they are engaged. They already, right. they all, they are already also interested in what you have to offer. And they made so far they made three effort. You know, they actually they went, they stopped when they scroll down, they stop on your content, they read it, and they commented it. Right. So those people, they are all in, you know, they want more. Yeah. So, but what you need to not forget though is the moment. You have those people attention. You have to bring them on the call, on the call somewhere, you know, during Mm -hmm. like, uh, yes, you send them what they they requested, but how can you bring them on a phone call now to sell them what you're doing? Right. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And I I don't do that enough, but I've seen other people that somebody did that with chat GPT and they had, I don't even think it was a carousel, but just like, Hey, comment below and I'll send you this whole PDF which I would guarantee was written by chat GPT. And so, and and now I'm on on his list. So, yeah. So uh, any lead magnet, you think uh, any shortcuts, people love shortcuts. I can give you like a list of titles that works. I can give you a list of hook, a list of subject you could talk about in your social media. People want, because uh, most people want to create content, but they, they have like blank, (laughs) <laughs> they don't have ideas right. or they're just afraid. It's like, oh, I don't know. They have too many ideas or not enough. You know, it's always one of the two. <laughs> right. And they right. just don't know which one prioritize. Like for an example, if you created like ads, 
uh, you can create a bundle of, would you like to download like the best ads I created for my clients? If you created, I don't know, it can be just a few tricks sometimes. I even saw, I, I really love that that one I, I tested and it, it works super well. You can also offer a two-minute audio training to people. It's very easy to do. Yeah. So you, you create your content and at the end you say, hey, do you want a little training about this subject? Just drop and I will send you like a two-minute audio. And yeah. then you take your phone and you just record yourself for two minutes. Yeah, it works great. well. Yeah. I know someone who does a, uh, she sells templates. In fact, she's another copywriter and she told me, she goes, you need to sell templates. And then when you go for the template, which is a very minimal amount of money, she says, if you want a video walkthrough of all these templates, click here. And it was like $17 more, you know? So, there you something, go. yeah. So you just reminded me that I need to, to do that because I kind of let that, you know, you hear all these things. And there's just so much you want to do. And it's like, oh, what am I, what am I doing today? And, and, and that's something that that's an error that I see a lot of creators do also is this, you know, shiny object syndrome. Right, it, right now we, we are receiving so much information. Mm-hmm. And I think everything we see online, you know, sometimes people are like, be careful, don't buy cores that you could. But I really think that there is something to learn in every courses, yeah. okay? Maybe different level, but there's always something to learn. But the problem is when you're taking too much course and too many, uh, you're reading too many books, you know, listening to too many podcasts at once, eventually you have too many ideas. Yeah. And... <laughs> Too many ideas, it's like having none. Right. You know, because right. we're freezing and we're just doing nothing. Again, <laughs> last weekend, I was like, ah, why did I about that? Anyway, <laughs> but now, you know, my, my new trick is, is every time I see a course that I want to buy, I take the URL and oh, I no. put it in a list. I created a list for myself. Like, this is a course about this. Even if it's saying in three days, it will be gone. That's right. not true. We all know that. So... <laughs> I just take the URL, put it in my list, like uh, like really good course for copywriting or something yeah. like that. And then I was, I'm thinking if one day I really need it, like right now, I need it now, I will buy it. And That's I kind good. of forget about everything in that list. Yeah. I buy things, like I buy software and it's like, oh, seven days for free. And then I forget I have it. I've started putting it in my calendar though, to say this, you know, the free trial ends today, make a decision. And, and then I, that does tend to help me. So, well, I have like a million other questions, but since we're running out of time, I just wanted to ask you, where can people find out more about your programs and about how to get in touch with you? And we'll put those in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. So they can visit DominicFraser.com. That's simple. And like right now I have a little, um, ebook there that people can, uh, uh, download how to attract elite clients. I also giving like every week's uh, masterclass about how to attract elite clients willing to pay six, uh, eight, more five, six figure to work with you. And uh, I was about to say seven figures to work with you. We're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) We're not there yet. But yeah, to know how to attract those super elite clients. You know, in my life, I had the opportunity to work with huge brand Mm-hmm. That I was able to develop myself, a Victoria's Secret, Fairmont. I worked for uh, Moy Chandon. I worked with a lot of big, big brands, big names. And this is a knowledge now that I, I'm giving others, you know, how to increase your pricing, how to 
create an irresistible offer and package your knowledge so you're able to charge $25,000, $50,000, even six-figure sometimes yeah. to have people work with you. Great. We'll put all those links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I, I love to talk about this uh, and uh, encourage creatives to charge more. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks again. And that is a wrap of today's episode. I hope you found some actionable advice that you can use to help you improve your copy conversions. And for even more copywriting exclusive tips, be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter so you don't miss a beat. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps me out. Talk again soon.